I, um, I actually have no, um, all right. warnings. Yeah, not, not anything too serious. I mean, we talk about some indigenous, um, uh, issues in the, the interview and, uh, Canadian politics. So, some of which are frankly extremely traumatic, but I don't think you get too far into the weeds on some of those. No, yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. Like, there is a whole lot of scope for trauma there, but it's not in this podcast. Yep. Um, also, uh, there are animals in More the house. More than there were. There are four feral kittens upstairs that we are, are starting the process on. Two will be staying. None are with me right now, but photos are on Twitter. Yes. And uh, finally, uh, we swear. Oh, yeah. And this is a thing that happens. So uh, take the explicit tag for what it is, uh, mostly around language. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 158. Uh, I have a great interview with uh, Jason Pitter, who is a game designer. Cool. And a wildlife biologist. Uh, so uh, we talk about... All of the above, and it's a lot of fun. You can Great tell the, the crowd I hang out with, the game designer, I'm like, yeah, I know a bunch of those people, and wildlife biologists, I'm like, oh! Right, <laughs> right. So, And I'm a gamer. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and Jason makes some really interesting games, so I'm really looking forward to sharing that with everyone. Uh, the other thing we've got going on, like I said, we've got kittens, and kittens now uh, provide an interesting impact to things. Oh, yeah. Uh, last night, we had one of the ferals and none of the rest, and I was up all night with a crying baby, basically. Uh, yeah, uh, Shepard uh, found one basically wandering around Dog Skull uh, a long way from the uh, from the rest of them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, definitely part of the same litter, same age, same color patterns, oh, but yeah. uh, uh, way far away, and uh, brought probably him home. We'll find out. And, uh, yeah, we, we got to check some little butts. Uh, and <laughs> I'm going to let the vet do it because I can't tell. I honestly can't. I too might young. be able to make some guesses. Okay. Uh, for my sins, I did intern at a vet for over a year. Gotcha. Uh, the uh, And then we went back today... Well, okay, they managed to catch another one this morning, and the mother is, we think, maybe a dump, not a feral, mm -hmm. somewhat socialized, because Shep says, basically, they were trading a can of wet food for a kitten, and the mom was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm good with that. Or possibly, mom is just extremely tired of having things hanging off her nipples, and, you know, aren't we all at certain points? That That is very... That's not necessarily something I can, but I, I, I get the, the Your overall. Your niece, in fact, who is taking one of these kittens, if one of them is a female, yeah. uh, is, uh, uh, in fact, once did grab your nipple ring as a, not quite a toddler, a uh, little older, and hang their body weight off of it, as While I we were recall. in the pool, and I was wearing a t-shirt at the same yes. time. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, th so, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I can sympathize some. There, there are other parts that I, I can't quite sympathize about you screamed at an octave i did not know you could achieve would you like me to demonstrate no, what that no. that's what i thought uh anyway so <laughs> then 
Kevin was like, wait, okay, I've been up all night with a crying kitten who is only satisfied when they are on Kevin because they are lonely. Yep. And Kevin being a Disney princess, of course, the kitten was just like, you are my person. And Kevin was like, this is my kitten and I will kill people for it. And uh, like, seriously, it was just glom at first sight. Yeah, it kind of was. And so uh, Kevin's like, maybe we could take two. And that way, and two kittens is actually, with the experiences I've had, works better than one. They entertain each other when the adult cats are like, oh my god. The other side effect of that is that when Shepard showed up this morning and shoved a kitten in my face. Saying Merry Christmas to your niece, who had uh, the same one who who swung off the nipple, actually. Yeah, uh, I I put that kitten in with the first one, and suddenly everything went quiet and they went right to sleep. So, It was like, yes, we've got to have two of these, and... um, uh, so it doesn't work that way with babies. I'm just well saying. Last yeah, night. no. Uh, but so we went back later today and managed to capture two more. Mm-hmm. The mom is still out there with presumably one more kitten, but did not see her. We will be uh, in a couple days when we have settled the kitten issues we have. Yeah, we're going to see uh, about grabbing the rest of them. We will set out a have a heart ta- ca- uh, trap catch. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, we will do a spay and release. Yes. Uh, I would prefer to rehome if possible, but because feral cats are a scourge on the environment. <sighs> But uh, I will settle for a spay so that uh, she can live out her natural life and not. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And and this is something I'm familiar with, and it's something I've done in the past. Yeah, th- so. this is not a thing. We, we don't actually require advice in this. Kevin has a long history of cat rescue. This is not and, the first. This is not release. my first rodeo, as it were. Uh, yeah, and so our big fears were just: please, God, let these kittens be old enough that we do not have to bottle feed. Let them take to. Uh, uh, solid food, and as soon as the first one started crunching up some some kibble, oh, man. Uh, Shep and I are high fiving. I'm doing the white girl shuffle. You know, we we're doing. It was uh, so exciting. <laughs> these are these are the little things that matter. Uh, so yeah, there's kittens in the house. Yeah. Uh, now in the meantime, I have been doing my day job, and yes, and I found I think you op- took a half day today. I did take a half day today and yeah, I still got I still made progress on my project. Yeah. So, uh but I also got a new give me the look, a new planner in for review. Okay, I am not giving you the look until you tell me it's something that's a cult. Uh okay, so this is you remember I guess last year, maybe the year before, when I got a rocket book, the erasable notebook. The oh, vaguely. Infin- yeah, and then the dog ate it. Literally ate it. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't, I didn't get much time with it. The big thing I found with it is that it has a, it, it's erase method was to use the inherent power of the, uh, pilot friction ink to when exposed to heat. So you'd put a, a coffee mug of hot water on it and microwave it, or you'd put a coffee and microwave it and that would erase the notebook. You put it in the freezer, it comes back. They have a new generation. The new generation comes with this, look at this pretty cloth, and you just wet it, and it wipes away, but it's still using the, the, the friction. Here, take a look at this one. This is... This is like some spy stuff. I mean, it's, it's cool. We, I could put it in the freezer and recover stuff. Now, the one I, I glommed onto immediately was the special edition um, Panda Planner version. So it's a three... I was wondering why the logo was a very tragic-looking bear or dog or yeah. something. Yeah, um, so that's that's a three-month 
undated panda planner in there that then and i mean i've tested it with like a paper towel a damp paper towel give it a quick a little bit of a wipe give it a little polish with the the chamois that comes with it and boom it's gone cool but until then i mean i'm sitting here hold on let me let me demonstrate i'm sitting here with a finger and i'm like rub 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 and nothing it's like permanent ink until such time as it gets too hot or you wipe it off that's pretty cool and their app that they pair with it where you can take a photo of the pages and it will send to your place of choice they've they've this is a really surprisingly good product. I have a question. Yeah. Did we ever actually say welcome to Productivity Alchemy or did we start talking about animals in the house and just segue into feral kittens? I said uh, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 158. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hi, folks. And I'll, I'll say it again because I love you folks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to say uh, Rocketbook knocks it out of the park. This time, and uh, this this is an add-on planner cover for it, um, and it's really slim because you don't need a giant thick planner with you. You just need the quarter, basically. Uh, I'm I'm floored. I'm impressed, and I'm really happy. It's not going to replace my Filofax, but if they had Filofax pages, I would be punching holes or I would be replacing the large swaths of the Filofax with it. So that's uh, a, a newish product, a new product that I am just amazed by. It's uh, It seems to be pretty solid. They also have, ha ha ha, they also have the, the Rocketbook Fusion, which is much more of a traditional blankish planner with, see here, Monday through Friday, Monday through just weekly uh, pages and monthly yep. pages, again, undated, and then uh, dot grid and lined pages. So they're, I mean, I like it. I'm impressed. Uh, I was a little torn on the other version because it seemed like a neat idea, and then the microwave it part. And I'm like, really? Really? I mean, that's kind of neat, but no. Uh, this is taking it to, I think, the level it needs to be. So, yeah. Uh, how has your week been? Rough. Rough? Uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't really want to get into anything. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. just uh, a lot of stuff that probably wouldn't have been a big deal if we weren't in a global pandemic and month, you know, God knows whatever it is. I think we might be, uh, let's see, this is the sixth month, right? Or, seventh. We're in July now. We're nearly so, done with July, aren't we? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we've, we're over five months in lockdown, uh, I think. Yep. And just, you know, a lot of, of things that under normal circumstances, we would all just kind of brush by our, our, have a lot of weight and heft and are exhausting. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, and a lot of it comes down to the, Reminder that when you're sharing space with other people, be it at work, be it at home, be it wherever, um, communicate clearly. And it, there's, you know, just uh, mm -hmm. lots of things that uh, that 
I don't think many of it, it's weird because we're spending all this time at home, so it seems like we should have rebuilt our emotional reserves instead of being spending them. <laughs> but that's not at all what's happening, and and yeah. I, I don't actually expect it to be because uh, you know global fucking pandemic. But uh, just there's the kind of mental illusion that. Uh, I should be like well rested and ready to go and recharged and everything because normally if I'd spent this much time at home I would be and no it's nope. it's just the plague kind of crap yeah so you know I I a lot of stuff that just left me with sort of very low energy for a couple of days and needing more naps and mm-hmm. the weather you know has has it's been so hot I can't get out in the garden except for like twenty minutes I go out I harvest I come back in. You know, yeah, and then like in the evenings, you go out and you water, yeah, or if I have to. and and harvest if you haven't already, yeah. Uh, but unless you're going to get up earlier to go out before it's a hundred degrees Fahrenheit and like eighty to ninety percent humidity, and that's not an exaggeration. That's no, what it is. We're not we're, at all. Uh, you know, mid to high nineties, sometimes cracking a hundred. Mm-hmm. We were eighty nine, and I mean, you'll die in that. I have a cool vest I haven't tried yet that uh, I might see if I can do that to repot some stuff. But we're just kind of in the point in the garden year where uh, you let everything go and you just harvest. And the only thing I'm keeping up with is uh, uh, applying an organic caterpillar spray to my squash at this point and harvesting. And it works because now suddenly we're getting cucumbers again when we weren't before. Yes, so. yes. It's great. Uh, the the Mont- Monterey BT spray, the one that's the BT uh, Bacillus thurgis subspecies that does not harm bees, uh, it just stops caterpillars from uh, like metabolizing, basically. And uh, and you, it's, it's very pinpoint, like you know, if you coated the area with it, you'd kill a whole bunch of butterflies, and that would be terrible. But uh, if you spray it just on one squash, or then the caterpillars that come and eat the squash don't, and yeah. it's uh, it's miraculous. Uh, absolutely brilliant uh, you know, for our uh, our tiny little you know mm-hmm. squash harvest and cucumber, and then the pickle worms landed early, and I was I was much more upset about the pickle worms hitting than I than was. It surprised me. It was it was, it was way yeah. more of a emotionally devastating than I expected it to be. And I'm I've been gardening for a decade at least. You know, I know you lose crops and you just go, meh, that's life. But this one, I was just like, God damn it, I did things right, and you landed a month early. You know, and so the fact this is working and I, God willing, will get some gem squash has been has been awesome. But that's like the only thing I'm doing because otherwise you go out and you die. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't been able to do my, my garden time like I'd like to. And that's, that wears on me. <laughs> I can't write in the garden, uh, which is, you know, the thing that I yeah. like to do. I might try writing with the fan again. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, so, yeah, it's, yeah. And not to add any more stress, but you know what happens Friday? The day after this comes out. Well, Friday for us, uh, what? It's Saturday in New Zealand, which means the Hugo Awards and the... Do you know that doesn't even bother me at all? Really? I just, I don't actually have any opinion about it. Um, I've got to. It would be cool. I've lost this particular award, the Lodestar, before, and 
I don't mind if I lose it again. It's yeah. like my life will not be impacted in any way. And also because the world is currently what it is, it just feels so like minor a thing. It would be like, oh, neat. Uh, and so it, maybe it should go to somebody who it, where it would just completely make their their world instead of just, oh, neat. That's that's fair. Uh, That's fair. It's, you know, and, and I mean, it, it's, I would look back for years on it as a great honor. You know, it's just, it's, it's this moment in time, not the award. Yeah. It's just, you know, That's like fair. That's fair. stuff is stuff. And, uh, and the problem is that when this happens, sort of thing happens, my sleep schedule gets disrupted. And when my, and particularly last night, because we were up every 45 minutes because sad kitten and, so no, you were you were doing a fair amount of sleeping when I wasn't. Yes. So yeah. Um, but but still, you know, I I slept later than I should have, and then I need naps, and then I didn't take my pill till late, and so and I've been realizing what's been happening a lot of the times I need the naps is the uh, the damn uh, uh, I'm taking caffeine at the wrong time, and so <laughs> I'm actually drinking caffeine, and then I get the caffeine crash. And then I can take a nap. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Stuff is a little screwy, but there are kittens in the bathroom. So, you know, life's not that bad. Not that bad. Uh, also, for those who weren't aware, uh, other brother Daryl disappeared in the night. Oh, yes. That was another uh, sad thing. This yeah. Uh, but it happened and then the kitten showed up. And so it's all sort of jumbled up in my head. Yes. There's a lot of lot going on, mm -hmm. but I, I would like a normal week. Yeah. So would I. Uh, and But thinking of somebody who has a lot going on. Uh, Jason Pitter, who is, like I said, a wildlife biologist. Um, he does uh, uh, bureaucratic stuff. He's an RPG designer and publisher. Uh, actually, one of his was published with our friend um, Alistair Stewart. Um, you know Alistair, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that one's called uh, After the War. And so I think that was After the War. Anyway, um, I've got a great interview with Jason and how he keeps all of these different threads um, sorted, and it's actually pretty fascinating. So we'll have that for you right after this. folks i am here today with jason pitt and uh jason is going to talk about how he stays productive and the interesting thing is this came about because of a twitter thread you did so um why don't you do a better job introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do than the introduction i just did which was kind of crap um it was perfectly fine. Uh, so, um, in brief, I do a lot. So, my name is Jason Pitt. I'm a wildlife biologist by training, um, legislative expert and bureaucrat by vocation, and by passion, I'm a role-playing game designer 
and publisher with far too much on my plate. Oh, technically, I'm an award-winning one. Uh, but and don't leave that part out. That part's important. Uh, I have to remind award. Ursula all the time about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm in a bizarre... I have three seemingly disconnected areas of my work life that somehow managed to come together. Mostly because it means I can make games about xenobiology and alien settlement law. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, I I don't know a single bureaucrat who isn't a rules lawyer. So it makes a lot of sense that you would design games. uh, It's actually... um, (laughs) I'm a a biologist specialized in large-scale ecology. Ooh... Because I'm specialized in large-scale ecology and systems theory, right. I design games. Then, because of those two components, I jump into law. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm actually terrifying because I'm good at law. I'm really good at min-maxing and finding loopholes. Because Uh, I'm a game designer by trade. I see, oh, here is the lever. If I pull this and I use this exception, then jackpot. Let's fix that now. So next time we've got a building project, maybe I should call you to look over the appropriate rules and regulations. of course, it also relies on, as you know, Ursula had famously mentioned them answering the phone at the planning office. So that's a whole other. Oh, right now yeah. that that's beyond my skills. Yeah, I'm terrifying, but not that terrifying. <laughs> um. So, with all that going on, how do you keep yourself organized? So, before I can answer that, Uh-oh. it's actually important to give a scope of. A sense of the scope of the projects I'm doing, just on the game side of things. Okay, yeah. Hit Ignoring my day job. Ignoring your day job. Uh, so right now, I'm working on uh, SIG, City of Blades, a planar fantasy heist game. Okay. Fate of the Galaxy, a political space opera game. Okay. Circles of Power, a game of social justice wizards. I like it. A set of missions for my science fiction mimetic horror game after the war that I worked on with Alistair Stewart. um, Managing a contracted adventure for one of my previous games, Sig's Manual of the Primes. Uh, Working on a set of small supplements by third parties, five of them, uh, for both of my Sig games. Running the RPG Design Panelcast, a weekly podcast broadcasting game design and publishing information. Uh, and I'm managing a international weekly uh, social gathering for 80 plus game designers and publishers. Uh, right on. That fits. That includes. Um, they're staggered on eight hour increments, so that at any point in time, it will work for two of North America, Europe, and Asia. Yeah. No, we do the same thing at work. I understand. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that I've got on my active plate right now. <laughs> I'm not talking about my back burner. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> because the back burners, that's that's not the important, that's not the high priority stuff. Or is it? Or is that your day job? I don't know. <clears throat> oh, my, my day job is also busy. Um, but yeah, so, and which one of us got the alert on their phone? That was me. <laughs> okay. I have to check. Mine goes, makes the same noise. So I'm like, Oh, was that me? <laughs> I never, I never have the sound on, on my phone. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so how do I keep myself organized with all that? Yeah. Pretty much. It's hard. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bounce between functionally. I have three systems that are interrelated. Okay. Um, well, I have got four. I, I run my self-contained work system that okay. stays at the office. I just use outlook and I, 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 I have to firewall that off because my day job deals with some sensitive information. So it's, nicely safe firewalled right um <clears throat> beyond that for individual projects uh and any collaborative teamwork uh mm-hmm. that i'm working on i use Basecamp. oh i'm a huge fan of it <clears throat> specifically because it allows me to upload files uh share access with a number of people and gives me a ton of communication tools so it's a good one-stop shop um, where I can do things like, hey, my artist, my editor, and my seven freelance writers, here you go. Yeah. So I can, here's all of my art assets. Hey, artist, you can see all of my art assets, and you can see the text over here. Um, so it's a really good collaborative tool um, that I've used uh, for project management. Uh, beyond that, I use Trello as my task manager of choice. Um, and it comes with a backup of the, um, whiteboard. Well, technically it's a green chalkboard, uh, (laughs) on my wall. Okay. So I'll, I'll get to how those hook into each other in a sec. Um, but generally, I'm using Trello as my primary system to manage the broader c- components. Um, mm-hmm. It will reference things that are on the base camp. Right. But in terms of what needs to get done, um, the content stays on the base camp. Mm-hmm. The schedule and priority goes on the Trello. Okay. So now, I'm, big Kanban person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, <laughs> this is explicit. You have been warned. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, pardon my English. Uh, so, um, so yeah. Uh, I wind up uh, managing um, using Trello. Mm -hmm. One of my colleagues actually goes deep in Trello and explores some of the 
um, documents, storage, and attachment functionalities. Oh, yeah. There, there's all sorts of magic in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, slightly tangential to this, I also tend to use Scrivener as my one of my key writing tools. And it does have sort of the same structural elements, though it's for text. Yeah. Um, but it's... It's much more text-centric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I use that to manage my content, not manage my schedule. But... Um, yeah, so... Uh, do you want me to get into details on how I manage my... Uh, my uh, process that's up to you i mean the the next question really is uh what systems and habits with all of those tools uh are important to you and so that that does fall into that category quite <coughs> damn it that does fall into that category quite heavily i couldn't get to the mutant time i'll have to edit that out <laughs> uh so generally I have a four-bucket system. Okay. I have the docket. Uh -huh. These are the things I'm actively working on now. Uh, anything that's on this list is of equivalent top priority. Okay. This means uh, that I can store a maximum of five to seven things there because that's all that we can keep in our active memory. Right. And all of them are equally valid. The reason why I maintain a... a it, the unintuitive reason why I maintain a list like that mm -hmm. is for strategic procrastination. <laughs> I should really be working on task one. Two hours later, oh, I've really been working on task three efficiently. Right. So that is my... That's effectively the habit that I have found is uh -huh. the most effective way of motivating me because I tend to do work in a wide variety of different contexts. So I, uh, for my um, game design work, I uh -huh. do writing, editing, graphic design, layout, marketing, and podcast production. Yeah, I mean, small press, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it means that I have to... I will frequently get a situation of, I am too tired to write the words. Let me make something pretty. And I do layout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, be, being able to swap skill sets mm -hmm. means that I can, whenever I have time, I have a bucket of energy that I can use. So I strategically procrastinate on the docket. Right. Uh, anything that's on the docket goes on my whiteboard. Okay. So it screams at me in the face. <clears throat> um, 
so for instance, um, I've been doing uh, graph, graphic design for friends um, role-playing game. It's actually a fantastic game uh, called Red Carnations on a Black Grave, uh, which is a game of the Paris communes. Ooh. It's super good. So I've been doing the graphic design for the box. So that is one of the items on my list. And because it's at the top of my list, it's always st- um, yeah, yeah. yelling at me whenever I turn my head. So this is synced up with my uh, docket. Mm-hmm. Next up is the hopper. These are the things that are next in line to go on the docket. <clears throat> okay. They, uh, they tend to be more short-term tasks that really need to get done in the near future. Uh, I generally look longingly at these items and reprioritize them whenever I transfer anything onto the docket. So this is how I decide on my next actions. So this tends to be 10 to 14 items. Uh, so these are the things that I get to work on once I clear out some of my docket. And whenever that happens, I go through my 10 to 14 items mm-hmm. and I reprioritize and say, okay, so right now, what's actually the most important? Right, right. So... I actually have insufficient project management formal training. <laughs> but I'm effectively trying to make it agile. Yeah, I was going to say, this This sounds a lot like here's the to-do and a backlog. Yeah. Um, so the thing is that the, the hopper is all things that I've already identified have to get done soon. Mm-hmm. I actually have a backlog. On top my, of that. As my, yes, as my third bucket. That handles everything I have committed to do. Okay. So anything that I, I have said, I will do this, but it, it, is, it hasn't reached my hopper yet. Mm-hmm. Stays on that. And then my fourth category is a wish list. All the fun and irresponsible ideas I haven't committed to yet. <laughs> um, you know, I want to translate a game. Okay, yeah, that would be great. We'll see if I have time. And what game to translate and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, So because I have these four buckets, it means that I'm effectively making choices. I'm reprioritizing whenever they hop buckets. Right. And I'm each of them means something different. Mm -hmm. When it moves from the wish list to the backlog, I've committed to it. Okay. Um, so it's no longer a question of, should I do this? I've made that decision. Uh, when I go from the backlog to the hopper, I prioritize it. I've said it's important. It needs to be done in the near future. 
when it goes from the hopper, uh, uh, the hopper to the docket, it means it's priority, it's urgent. So by having the waterfall that way, I'm curating whenever it hops buckets, which allows me to uh, effectively touch base and change my schedule on, uh, on the fly mm-hmm. um, based on the circumstances at the time. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have anything that goes backwards? <clears throat> nope. Nope. Uh, sorry, there is one way it can go backwards. Mm-hmm. It gets canceled. Things can be removed, but they can never go backwards. Okay. Okay. So if something hits a pro- in the in the docket, hits a production delay, it's still in the docket. Uh, sometimes what I'll do is I will redefine what the item is. Okay. Uh, and turn it into two items. Uh, so something that is a later dependency might mm-hmm. go into the hopper. Okay. Right. So right. for instance, if I can't print the books yet, I obviously can't deal with shipping them. And so that yeah, goes you... on to the hopper. I just, instead of a print and ship item in the docket, I have print in the docket and right. ship in the hopper. Right, right. Okay. So, so yeah, in that case, if you hit something that isn't canceled but is delayed, you can split the tasks and yep. either m- continue to move forward or put the two tasks into the, into the right place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's a page of notes by itself. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this has been a system that's been evolving over time. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this intuitively, but not managing it quite as explicitly until recently. Oh, I also have one more bucket that isn't Mm -hmm. part of my standard prioritization matrix. Okay. Contracts. Ah. All of my... Current, all of my current and upcoming contractual relationships, uh-huh. so that I can go and say, so I have a freelance editor who's working on something right now. Good, you are on a list. <laughs> now I know I, I will eventually need to follow up and maintain all these relationships. Uh, and when the when all the deliverables are done, I close that off. Um, so I don't have to keep a running tally of eight or nine uh, contractors in my head. Right, right. So we all know the head, you, your brain is not reliable for that sort of thing. Nope. Uh, so yeah. Oh, and I also keep a list for, you know, reading. Here's the top books I want to read. Things like that. I And I'll drag those into uh, the hopper. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sun is getting... That's, that is, yeah, that is, that is... I see your house is, is your, your office is west-facing. Uh, yes. 
Uh, don't mind me, just on the surface of the sun. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. No one will see this. That's that's always the joke. Right. It's like, you know, um, we're audio only. So when people are like, oh, here, look at my planner. I And then it sinks in. So the people who are listening right now can't see it, but <clears throat> I, I can ooh and ah all I want. So Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I maintain a reading list. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Uh, now, an important thing. Mm-hmm. I don't separate this between my game design publishing life and my personal life. Okay. Uh, I need to redesign a deck. We need to replace our deck. So that's in my hopper. Okay. No, that, that makes perfect sense because you uh, if you don't keep track of the personal things like all of your, uh, for lack of a better term, not work, not day yep. job. If you don't keep track of it all sort of in the same place, you're going to miss something. Yep. I mean, I have two Google calendars. One is the work provided one and work lives there. And the other is it might have five sub calendars, but it is a single Google account where I can just go and view all those calendars at once. The One yeah. of the hidden reasons why I do this is... I want to force myself to be accountable whenever I decide that I'm prioritizing my creative work over my personal responsibilities. Okay. If I'm busy, oh, I'm going to design a new game. That's exciting. No, I need to deal with uh, the deck. It's falling apart. It. I, I have to face that whenever I move... Mm-hmm. something between these buckets right right so which has done wonders it's forced me to actually clean my office um which has just <laughs> been lingering for far too long so yeah yeah so generally that's how my system tends to work hold the whole the whole thing works and that that involves that does involve uh, like it's a system it involves habits it's reviews it's i mean there are all sorts of formal terms for this crap but i mean you got it um and and you're using now are you using trello for this or is like i i'm really kind of curious about the tools now so like is all of this on trello is this split between trello and the whiteboard are there post-it notes are there post-it notes for the swim lanes please tell me there are post-it notes for the swim lanes um i have trello <laughs> filling the post-it note role. Right. Because I accumulate paper like mad. So I so functionally I have a Trello system. <laughs> and then I have a printed off copy of my uh most important yeah. uh docket things on my whiteboard. It also means I get the satisfaction of crossing things off twice. Oh, that's always fun. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... But yeah, no, that's uh, that's mm-hmm. generally how I handle it. Um, now, the reason why I have such a ridiculous number of projects is because of two factors. Okay. One... Four years ago, I didn't have 
as good of a system. Ah. So I overcommitted. And the timeline to produce a game tends to be two years of part-time. I mean, I'm familiar with, with the novel publishing world where it takes, you know, my wife three or four months to write it and then another year for the entire publishing industry thing to do what it needs to do. So, yeah. So um, the challenge is because this is always off a side of the corner of the desk style mm -hmm. affair. Yeah, it takes longer, um, which is exciting. So there was that. And the other thing, the other habit that I have, which mm -hmm. I mentioned on Twitter, which is probably what inspired part of this discussion, oh, yeah. is... Um, I keep track of the critical path and what I do is I try to get things off of my plate and put them on the plates of other people. So I have a game, my space opera game is currently being edited. This means I am not obliged to work on it. Yeah, you've delegated it to someone who, who can. I delegated yeah. it out. And because of that, I have space in my schedule to work on other things. So because of that, I am now revising my Planar Fantasy Heist game. So I can punt that to my editor and uh, hire more art for it. Right. Then that goes in the side. Then I get to manage uh, and write a number of the other adventures and missions while those are being processed. So I'm delegating things out and so that I can take advantage of the free space that it gives me to work on the other things on, on my docket and bring things along flowing through my system. Um, which is great most of the time. Mm -hmm. but it occasionally runs into problems of overcommitting. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. My collaborator will work on this pro. Oh, my collaborator hasn't been working on this project. Oh, shit. Yeah. Or, or for whatever reason, things shift around and now you've got two or three do at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that's actually come up is, the games industry moves in phases through certain mechanical systems. Mm -hmm. So some of the base operating systems I'm using are rusting out. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I have to get a couple of my designs published before no one pays any attention to them because they're using old tech. Ah. So effectively, my products can rot on me. And I've done a lot of work on them. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, for instance, I designed... 
uh, my mimetic science fiction game after the war was originally designed um, about dealing with the Syrian refugee crisis. Okay. Now, it's actually very topical for some reason. Because the theme of it is um, 10 years after the Galactic War, Uh the millions of survivors are trying to rebuild on an alien world. Okay. So it's all about how communities rebuild and try to cope when everyone is dealing with a load of trauma. Right. So it's actually quite topical at the moment. Um, but yeah, I was, I was waiting designing for the this about the Syrian refugee crisis. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. That's... Mm, well, uh, yeah. Now the, the question then becomes like, if you wanted to update it or now what sort of a, a level would that just be on updating all the assets and things like, are you going to have to, convert images or document formats or, you know, what would be the workload in something like that? So So what I tend to do is I take the core. Sorry, I'm just going to swap straight into programming terminology. I'm not a programmer by trade, but I've done enough to be dangerous. That's okay. Um, So I've effectively forked. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the core system three, four years ago. Okay. And the communities that used to love these systems mm-hmm. are getting jaded to them. Okay. But I've already done all the dev work to take the core into something new that is custom built. Mm-hmm. So I can do a marketing exercise and say, look, it's a new thing. Don't look at any similarities to this old thing that you're tired of. (laughs) Um, Or I can make sure that it gets out quickly Mm -hmm. so that it's not completely obsolete. Right, right, right. And I I will say, yeah, there, there do seem to be some games I've picked up that were suited for the core system they were designed around, and some that it feels like this is the hot system of the moment, and so that's yep. what we're going to wedge it onto. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Apocalypse Engine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, one of my games, my mm-hmm. Social Justice Wizards game, uh, Circles of Power, is powered by the Apocalypse. Right. I've been working on this for a long time. Uh, So I've been terrified on this. And this one legitimately requires a large amount of work and a large amount of research. Right. Because this is a game that explores messy intersectional problems of multiple marginalized communities interacting. Oh, and not not to put too fine a point on it, but um, white guy to white guy. Um, I hope you have sensitivity readers. <clears throat> yes, multiple. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, 
I actually started designing this in part mm-hmm. to teach white guys that the skills to detect when there's systematic problems. Mm-hmm. Because I try to train people. As a GM, you're looking for those messy problems. Right. So you're you're going through life going, oh, that would be a good thing for the game. Oh, that's a oh. problem. Yeah. Um, and the other half of it is, so quick tangent. We love I tangents am, here. So I, I'm Canadian. Okay. I belong to a small ethnic community of uh, Acadians, which wound up turning into the Cajuns um, in the Great Deportation in 1970, uh, sorry, 1800, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are a French, uh, fr- a Francophone community. Okay. We're not the dominant Francophone community in Canada. We're not Quebecers. The French language has been uh, falling apart and disappearing. Okay. So I grew up speaking English. I lost my Acadian roots. In right. terms of linguistic capability, I fought to regain it. Mm-hmm. So I'm an English speaker from this small ethnic community. Right. I moved to Quebec. In Quebec, English speakers are the minority. Yeah. And Acadians are the wrong ethnic group. Oof. So I am I am a local minority in a Canadian majority group because I've lost my uh, initial language. Okay. And I'm s- sitting around watching uh, my, uh, Quebec be xenophobic and racist. I, I am. You can see my eyes rolling in my head. I think it may have actually been audible for those of you listening at home. Um, and like as a beautiful example of the kind of shit that I'm talking about, pardon my uh, language. That's fine. Is there was uh, there's an indigenous um, Mohawk community mm-hmm. in Quebec, and the youth have to learn French to get a job. Yes. Instead of Mohawk. The dominant local majority, French, Quebecers, say, Uh well, that's fine. You you have to do this to get a job because they've been fighting to do the exact same, in the exact same situation, fighting the English. So they've been saying raw, raw, raw French, only French, only French. 
Hey, Except you, you guys. smaller minority, right. you have to lose your language and take ours. Because that's the way <sighs> of the world. That's why I started designing this game. Yeah, no, I can I can see why that I mean that's and that's the thing. I mean even I, I mean here the whole idea of losing an indigenous language is frankly probably one of our greatest crimes against humanity in the United States. Um and I mean we have the 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 local a lot of the original languages for the region I live in are are lost or dying out, um, and I could I could name indigenous groups and specific languages, but uh, I think that may be too tedious. Um, I mean, not tedious, tedious, but but that's possibly going way too far off the tangent. Right. Yeah. So I get it, uh, and it's so. Um, but you understand why this project yeah, takes yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow. that's the juggling I'm doing on a broader time scale, mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to deal with things like that. Respectfully, doing enough research. Mm-hmm. I like I my original pitch to this was. Um, it's about that messy problem of cops at pride. Okay. Well, guess what? Current events mean I'm no longer using that metaphor. No. Because current events. Current events, yeah. Oh, and yeah. people in the future will know exactly what current events we're talking about, so it's all good. Yeah, um... And by a future, we're talking probably two, three weeks from when we're we're, yep. we're actually doing this. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize how much uh, research goes into many of the, or even the mainstream games. Um, I mean, but for the smaller indie, especially niche market or something where you're looking at specific um, issues as your inspiration, it, it's, there's a lot of work that goes into it. You don't have an entire department to do that. <laughs> you have you. I have a fraction of me. Right. Right. And anyone I hire. So I... The best case scenario is that I'm able to allocate 20 hours a week. Okay. That's the most productive I can be. Okay. That's a lot of projects to try to move at half a half a FTE. Right. Um, a full-time like, engineer. Yeah. For those yeah. who don't know the term. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, it's a legitimate challenge, and that's what's forced me to actually have these kinds of systems mm-hmm. and encouraged me to use delegation as a force multiplier. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's a challenge. So... <sighs> 
with with all of that going on, I think we've already answered um, question number four. Uh, how do you decide what to do first on any given day? Um, probably much more of a what do you decide to avoid doing that day? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. Ooh, shiny. So long as I can use the power of ooh, shiny for good. Mm-hmm. Power of I, I'm I'm making sure uh I capture that that quote for sure. Ooh shiny for good. I am going to reuse that so often. Uh, my my coworkers are about to uh, to experience all kinds of new terms, honestly. So <laughs> let's just skip ahead then. Um, um, or, oh, 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 no, 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 so no. Keep example, going. Keep going. I was, yeah. So I was actually trying to work on um, the, the layout for mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, Red Carnations, the French Paris Commune game. Right, right. And I was procrastinating on that. So I started a Twitter thread talking about project management, which is on my market and give people information and market myself by helping the community (laughs) task. You actually, you actually have like a, 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 uh, is it now? Is that a repeating or is that a? Yeah, it's a, a, it's just yeah, it's yeah. just a repeating. That's amusing. Um, um, like I run a podcast and it's just doing that. So my I have the laziest podcast in the world, which really helps. <laughs> um, so my podcast, the RPG Design Panelcast, takes recordings of panels of game mm-hmm. designers and publishers. Okay. Uh, from usually at conventions, that's a little harder now. It's yeah, a little difficult. Um, and then I just broadcast them. Like I, I go through, I edit them, mm-hmm. um, I give an intro, um, I curate them, them, I rip out references to things that need to be taken out for various reasons. Yeah. Um, I deal with people who are laughing too loudly and therefore messing up the levels. But that's about it. So I'm not creating the content. I'm editing and posting. Right, right. The laziest podcast ever. Yeah. Um, uh, which is how I'm managing to get a weekly podcast out with all of this going on. I was going to say, I, I just try to front load as many interviews as possible so that it's like, okay, who's next in the queue? And then we have to do, what, uh, a 20-minute intro and a 10-minute outro every week? So, give or take. Uh, so I, in in this is actually a good example. So, um, I will multitask in certain specific ways. Mm-hmm. So I have to do a proofing pass on all of my audio. Right. Oh yeah. I've never listened to this panel or seminar. I don't know if it's good enough to go on the feed. <laughs> um. So. These usually come from a specific convention that has three panel tracks going simultaneously. Right. So literally no one has listened to all of them. Except me. So I put that on in the background Mm -hmm. while I'm doing layout. 
Right. His layout is visual. I'm just dealing with blocks. And that's all, that's uh, spoken. So my brain can hear the two and I can actually multitask effectively that way. Mm -hmm. So I will go through. Um, so for scale, I tend to actually post. I tend to have about a year's worth of content. Uh, every that year's year. up. You're really, like I, I, yeah. So I, each of them is an hour. Yeah. So 52 hours worth of this is on the background while I'm doing layout. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's fair. I will find myself uh, doing sometimes a pre, uh, a pre-release review. Um, uh, like if I'm on call, on call yep. is great for this sort of thing because it's going to be generally the problems that we haven't automated away are known, solvable, and there's a process. So right. it doesn't take much foreground processing or rather background processing to do it because uh, you just step one, step two, step three kind of stuff. Uh, so I'll listen to either my own stuff that needs to be reviewed before release or other podcasts yep. while I'm working uh, on that sort of thing. If I'm trying to do heavy duty, um, you know, like I was trying to do a, a problem solved to run tests. I'm a computer person um, uh, for, for an environment. Um, I can't, I can't have a podcast on. It's too distracting. Right. Uh, and that's when it's music or frankly, chicken cam. So, which may be having difficulties with the weather right now. Huh? Anyway, <laughs> chicken cam. yes, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. So, Yes, I'm gonna to have to bring them in soon too because it's getting it's it's dark out there, and soon the baddies will come. Right. So. Uh, so. Um, pause. This yeah. gets cut. Okay. So we've got um, a few more questions. I've got quick responses. If you want, we can just close that off. Well, I mean, what we can do is um, I can actually go collect baby chickens. And bring them into the office. It only takes a couple minutes. So, okay, yeah, go for yeah. it. Bathroom break, drink break. Uh, I can good. shove a I can shove a seven layer burrito in my mouth. <laughs> Sounds great. All right, man. Uh, here I'm going to pause, and we'll be back in in five. Ta-da. So um, now that we've had a break, so I can put my chickens away, and you may hear peeping in the background as the young ones have uh, moved back into the into the house. Chicken cam may have locked up, I don't know. Figure it out later. Um, uh, so, uh, we had been talking about, um, we tangented a little off of the- Just a little. Yeah, off of uh, the, the what to decide to do first on a given day, and that's very much the ooh shiny uh, method, uh, which brings us around to the question of what's the best advice you have been given or would give someone? Here you. Oh, oops. Oh, yep. There you go. Okay. Take two. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. Um, 
so uh, we've been talking about the power of Ushiny. And then, so the next question is, what's the best advice you would give someone else or you yourself have been given? I would have to say, be kind to your future self. Okay. So whenever I go on vacation, I actually write myself a note. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jason, welcome back. Here's the things you were working on that, that you should be thinking about going forward. Um, because I know whenever I go back to the office after two weeks off, mm -hmm. I will have forgotten everything and I'll be really disappointed to be back in the office. And by writing it down, you get it out of your head so you don't spend at least some portion of your vacation, one hopes, yep. obsessing over what you have to do when you get back. I can just safely forget it all. Mm -hmm. So nice. I treat myself, my future self kindly. Mostly because I'm terrible treating myself kindly. That's uh, a common problem, yeah. But my future self is someone else. Yeah. And I, have, I, I have a lot of words if I could go back in time to talk to my past self that I would have. Yep. Yeah. I if I could go back in time, I guarantee I would have done better in school for one reason. I would have told my younger self, so these subjects in school are going to help you when you are a game designer <laughs> and continue to work on your French because you're going to be uh, shacking up with a cute French girl. Hey, and then I would have magically paid a lot more attention. In Probably, school. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all right. If if I were to go back and tell my younger self I was keeping chickens, and <laughs> you know, I would probably be like, "Dude, are you high?" So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, that's the best advice I've been given and mm -hmm. the best advice I'd give because there's no cost to being kind to your future self. Organizing things, cleaning mm -hmm. up your workspace so that it's less stressful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I have I actually have a helper in keeping my, my desks organized and clean because I have a cat who gets hungry and when he gets hungry, he throws things off the desk and looks at me like uh, you see what I, I had to do. You see what you made me do, which is abusive behavior, and we're aware of that. Well, but cats—that's what we expect from cats. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, uh, but it, it's a great motivator to keeping my desk clean and all my books that are within easy reach in order. It's amazing. Uh, future me is also very, or, or, yeah, that's one of the few things future me is happy with past me about is the, I stop and, you know, at the end of every D&D &D game, I put everything away so I know where to find it next time and I'm not scrambling. Yep. Um, although I'm running out of bookshelf for resources, so I might have to fix that. Not today. Yeah, I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> So let's 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 talk about the the sad but generally easy question. Sure. Um, 
How do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal or deadline? Oh, this is the less sad question. Okay. Success is the harder bit. <laughs> um, when I, uh, I try to celebrate my success mm-hmm. by giving myself windows of rest where I don't have to look at my to-do list. Okay. Well, that's playing video games, yeah. reading my massive stack of books, but I'm really bad at it. We are. It's success is terrible. Failure is easy. <laughs> well, that's why that's why success is the happy but difficult question, because it's more often than not it's terrible. Yep. Yeah. Now. For me, every failure is wrapped around a lesson learned. I take it as an opportunity to explore why something has failed Uh so that I only make that mistake once. Um, I'm already walking around with anxiety and depression, so what's another bout of self-recrimination between friends? I'm, I'm, I'm medicated to help with that, yes. I understand completely. Yep. Uh So I'm like, oh, it's failure. And trash. It's fine. Yeah, no. It's just I know the, how to, the day ending with why. Yeah, I know how to deal with with that. No, success is terrible. Yeah, because something's going to go wrong. Oh yeah, you know no, something's going to explode. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a running joke that things are are going reasonably well for for Ursula and I that one of us is about to get a de- devastating disease. It's the only thing that's going to. Yeah, no. Tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I, under, I understand. I understand both sides completely. Um, and and learning to take things apart and figure out why why you made that mistake and not make again is a really hard lesson to learn. Yeah, it's. I am in a privileged place where. If I make mistakes in my game design publishing arena, uh-huh. it doesn't ruin me. Right. However, um, I don't want to have 500 books in my basement. No. That's not a fun place to be. Sorry, 500 of my books in my basement. Other people's books, 500 units of one are fine. They're encouraged. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, So, my actual chief motivator there is Mm -hmm. I try to learn the lessons so I can communicate them to people who don't have the financial buffer. Right. I try to be a cautionary tale. So that you know, a young black non-binary designer uh, can create something and not lose their shirt. Right. Because they don't have financial buffer. Oh, yeah. Um, If they have 500 books, they don't have a basement to put them in. Generally, no. Uh, They're building walls out of books and maybe burning them for heat. 
so it's better that I make those mistakes because I can recover from. Right. 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 Um, no, I'm, I'm aware of at least one uh, former guest of the show. I'm not actually going to name names um, who did a run of plushes for a popular character. And the minimum run on a plush is, was significantly more than the number that they were able to sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Now I, I was honored to receive the very first one with all the bells and was like, you know, the certificate of authenticity and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that was, I want to say nine or 10 years ago. And I think they still have some. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and that was even for, for someone like them who was in a privileged place and it was, you know, and it isn't a financial ruin. There's still a lot to deal with there. There are creators out there who, you know, they're going to sink everything they have into it. Yep. You know, and you can't eat books. I mean, I tried as a grade schooler, and it didn't work out real well. No, you can heat your house with books. Yes, you can. But not advisable. Not, not, not very efficient. Um, and the thing is, the weight of having things that no one wants. Oh, yeah. The psychological weight is much greater than the physical weight, and we're and books are bloody heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, there's there's a reason you buy extra beers if you you have a large library and friends are helping you move. Yep. Um, and uh, and even something that isn't physically heavy, there's there's that psychological weight. Um, Ursula had a six XL of a T-shirt design. It was like the person who had been doing her T-shirts, I don't know why they had a single one of those, but when they were getting out of the T-shirt business, sent all the stock to us, right? Right. And we carried that around to conventions for years. I Until that you'd be able to get it, that like a convention seems like the one place where you could actually get rid of it. I mean, we're in the South. You do sweat off a lot of weight. But uh, no, um, 2XL and 3XL seem to be the big one. 6XL is in the, um, the, the, I believe the medical term is morbidly obese. Uh, So amusing anecdote, because I'm apparently made of anecdotes, 50% by weight. Um, One of my previous senseis for Yaido Mm -hmm. was in that category but he was still a Yaido sensei. Oh, and the other sensei had one leg. Well, and Yaido's a, a a very interesting martial art by you know even uh, well certainly by American standards. Um, I, Ursula used to practice it as well. So oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but it meant oh mm-hmm. God if if. if that uh, uh, heavier sensei uh, does Yaido. Oh, he's got force behind it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he'd but, be able to get a 6XL. 
Right. And that was, that was the thing is we were at an event and someone said, you know, do you have this design? And we're like, we have this one and it's a six XL. And they were like, we'll take it. And we're like, uh, they're like, we have a friend who's a fan who can never get t-shirts in their size. And this is their size. And we're like, okay, so, um, can we give you a discount? Yeah. And I hope they enjoy it. And, but the psychological weight of not having that yep. one in the con kit was surprising. So my first game, mm-hmm. one, it was a first game. Mm. Two, I kickstarted it in 2013. I started designing it in 2009. Um, I, at the beginning of the year, when I did my inventory, I realized I have seven copies left. <laughs> okay. I'm sold out. Yeah, I guess you are. I, I'm now at the point where I keep on a small number of these because in the future, you should always have a handful of them kicking oh, yeah. around. But I'm done. I printed 1,100 of them. There you go. Yeah. I have seven left. Oh, that that made me feel so much better. Oh, yeah. Um, our partner with uh, on the Digger Omnibus Kickstarter, Sofa Wolf Press, they did all of that handling and all of the fulfillment. And um, I think we all felt a very big sense of relief, even though we weren't doing any of the physical fulfillment or any of that of the actual books. But um, there was definitely some palpable relief for me when they announced that that was it. They had shipped all of them and were completely out of, you know, there's always some extra print whenever you do something like that. Cause yeah. they can only print in certain numbers and uh, you know, that, uh, that there were no more of those editions left. Um, Which is f- actually fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took a year past initial fulfillment but that's that a year past initial fulfillment is still good yes um maybe it was two i don't know but um and and sofa will still has many many creative things to say about shipping to europe <laughs> um, uh, there's worse shipping to south africa yeah i I mean, I can. I know what it costs to put me on an airplane for seventeen hours to get to South Africa. I don't want to imagine cargo rates. Uh, some someone asked for tracking to South oh. Africa. Oh, I looked at how much it cost. I said no. No. Did you Did you ask if if they wanted to uh, if they were willing to? Um, uh, cover the cost on that. They had paid twenty dollars for shipping. Okay. For a forty dollar book. <clears throat> shipping to South Africa with tracking would have been one hundred twenty dollars additional. That's yeah. So they actually found a connection. 
and it we shipped to somewhere in the states and yeah. it got to them everything was wonderful i that's that's one of my favorite ways of 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 delivering things in in those circumstances is do you have a friend in this country i can send it to and then it's your problem yep yeah um so that's all the questions by the way hey not bad we were efficient yeah um so now is your chance. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our uh, audience? And that does include the ability to shill out your stuff. So to shill out my stuff, mm -hmm. uh, I design a lot of things. So um, in the delightful world of games, the current Things that I currently have in my basement uh, are uh, SIG Manual of the Primes, which is an homage to Planescape. Okay. Uh, technically le and legally distinct. <laughs> Important. Uh, but it was a uh, Planescape Kill Six Billion Demons saga game of faith, family, and uh, faction politics. Okay. Um, set in a multiversal city in the center of everything. Uh, so that is SIG Manual of the Primes, uh, which is currently being adapted to uh, the Blades in the Dark system for SIG City of Blades. Cool. Uh I also have After the War, which I co-designed with Alistair Stewart, which is the aforementioned mimetic science fiction horror game. Mm -hmm. uh, so 10 years after the Galactic War, millions of survivors from the previously billion uh, are rebuilding on this alien world. And the issue is, functionally, we formed the Federation. We went out into space. And everything was hunky-dory until we discovered uh, a signal from the depths of space called The Song, which was a mimetic virus that turned people into a freaky cultist hive mind. Well, it is a thing that happens. Guess what humans, the clever monkeys we are, decided to do to deal with this problem when Earth was being invaded. We fought fire with fire and effectively oh. made a, reaper, a reaver virus. <sighs> well, you've, you've summed up human nature quite well, I think. So both of these mimetic viruses are, are crawling around this new colony world, subtly infecting people, twisting them. And you can't quite tell. So is this person being evasive because they're infected or just because they're traumatized and don't want to form attachments? Is this person angry or is it the fact that they're eating lentils for the 300th day in a row and right. the quarters are too tight? Interesting. I And, yeah, I'll, I'll have to talk to uh, Alistair about that one. Uh, yeah. So As well. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two uh, big ones that I've got uh, right now available for sale. Yay. Oh, I also have a, a third one, which is uh, Palanquin. 
which is a small little one-shot game. Um, the uh, 14-year-old uh, princess, the heir to the throne, survived mm-hmm. a palace coup. Okay. This is the story of her journey to her aunt's palace, uh, transported there with four uh, with a group of unlikely uh, and unseemly rescuers. Oh joy! That that just just the story hook alone is is like I would read that that short story. I would read that novel. So, one person's playing the princess. Mm-hmm. The heir, and everyone else are playing bearers. You know, the veteran who yeah. is kept on in pity in the royal guard, the um, the faithful priestess of the god of goddess of rivers and sacrifice, uh, the thief from the dungeons who got caught, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh. As she does the escape, she uh, the player who's playing the princess has to decide and judge all of the bearers, all of the people escorting her, and decides if she trusts or fears them. Okay. Then, at the end, she will always make it to the throne room right. of her aunt. But she declares uh, what reward or punishment happens to each of them. This can vary from a noble title to uh, a day's head start to summary ex- uh, execution. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's one I'm, I'm definitely going to have to look up. That that one, yeah. Because um, it, it feels sort of like a, a little bit of... Um, a little bit bang, a little bit uh, werewolf uh, kind of thing, except in this case, you already know who the antagonists are. It's just how do you play out to the judgment? How are you going to play that judgment kind of thing out? And it's all really about these people who have failed trying to make right and teach the heir how to actually be a good ruler. Interesting. And so, not I, freak out the 14-year-old girl who just had her entire family assassinated. Well, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm noticing a common thread seems to be there is always some sort of lesson to be learned through all of your games. I, I adore the realm of role-playing games because they are fantastic empathy engines. Mm-hmm that give people the occasion to learn new skills and explore new areas in ways that will help their real lives. Right. Um, My social justice wizard game circles of power is about teaching people how to think about messy intersectional problems and identify them so that they can deal with them more effectively in their real life. Right. Right, right, right. How do you deal with trauma when everyone's dealing with trauma? People are going to act irrationally, mm-hmm. but we're all in this together. So how do you make that community work? Right. right, right. That is very topical right now. 
and uh, it, it cycles through being topical uh, on a regular basis. So it's a good skill set to have. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can we find you on the socials? I mean, I already can, know, but we're telling the rest. That's fair. Uh, you can find me at Genesis of Legend on Twitter. Uh, uh, I am also available at www.genesisoflegend.com and genesisoflegend.ca. Um, and I occasionally poke around some other uh, socials, but pretty much find me on Twitter. Um, I spend far too much time there. Oh, you're not the only one. Believe me. Uh, uh, there are people who are like, oh, why aren't you on Facebook? Why aren't you on, on this or that? Because like, I have Twitter, and I, I, that's where we live. Please don't make me add more. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a blast. Absolutely fantastic, and uh, I'm going to have a whole bunch of, of things to go buy, download, however, uh, uh, wherever games are sold. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, uh, for the and for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. I'm doing the end of the show by myself to, uh, cause we have, you know, kittens and, uh, also there's other stuff going on in the house that needs addressing. And so that's where Ursula is. I want to thank Jason for coming on. It was absolutely great to have him on the show. And I'm really excited about some of these different games, especially, the ones that were done with um, Alistair, because Alistair is just absolutely a glorious person who I'm trying, trying to get on the show. I'm just it, getting on Alistair's schedule is, is crazy. Uh, so there's that. Our badge code for this week is after the war uh, in reference to the game uh, that we discussed in the interview. All one word, no spaces, after the war. We'll get you this week's badge code. You can find out more about the badges we issue and open badges in general at productivityalchemy.com under the badge how-to. It's also been pointed out that the sick day badge code is also a episode badge code, so I'm going to go fix that and we'll figure out uh, what the actual correct badge code for that should be so that it doesn't conflict with another one. And that's it for this week. Um, you can support us at Patreon under Ursula V, on Kofi as K Sunny. Um, but honestly, there's a lot going on in the world right now. There are a lot of people who need it more than we do. Uh, we are still in great shape here. So, what 
I would recommend and what Ursula recommends is to find a charity that you believe in, maybe a bail fund, maybe um, a food bank. I'm really big on making sure people get fed as is frequent guest Dino. And I have uh, I have a big, long couple of Dino specials coming up for you um, that uh, that we recorded in April that I thought wouldn't be relevant by now. But there you go. So there's that. Um, anyway, um, take the money you would give us. Go feed people. Uh, go get protesters out of jail. Um, do something good with it. And we'll be fine. Believe me, we will tell you when we are not fine. So that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. And uh, do your best to stay safe, stay healthy, and stay productive. <laughs>